Welcome to the Littler Artificial Intelligence and Robotics Podcast. Conversations about employers integrating robotics and AI systems into their workplaces in the United States and worldwide. This is Natalie Pierce. I co-chair Littler's Robotics, AI, and Automation Practice Group. Disruptive advanced technologies, including robotics, AI, and 21st century automation are rapidly transforming the domestic and global workplace and reinventing the way work is performed. These technologies are also being used at the very outset of employment process, namely with recruiting. So today, we're going to focus on the use of artificial intelligence in the hiring process. But we're going to do so today through the lens of EU and Dutch law. So with great pleasure, let me welcome Eric Van Dam from Littler's office in Amsterdam, Clint Littler. Welcome. Thank you, Natalie. Happy to be here. Eric, you are an employment lawyer and a mediator focusing on all aspects of Dutch and European employment law, including an emphasis on GDPR. So that makes you uh, particularly perfect for today's program. So let me start uh, with this question. Eric, how do you see AI impacting the workplace? What are the changes you've seen? People in the Netherlands start to realize that artificial intelligence can replace human intelligence. And this has big consequences also in the workplace. And although the EU is far behind these developments compared to the US, people start to see the changes and the potential consequences. People are scared that they will lose their job to a robot. And where this only used to be the case in production processes and factories, now this is also affecting the field where the brain used to be the decisive employment factor. Computers can be even used to draft complex contracts. I think that millions and millions of jobs will be affected by AI in the coming decades, as AI will eliminate routine tasks. We already see AI taking an important role within the platform economy, the economy of things, etc. But will this make employment obsolete? I don't think so. I rather think that it will change employment. New types of jobs will be created and people will have to reinvent how they do their work. The human race is by nature scared by change. However, instead of succumbing to the fear for the loss of jobs to robots, technology should be embraced in order to increase the output of labor both the quality and efficiency thereof. Obviously, these changes will also have consequences for labor law. The recent developments in employment have resulted in a workplace where employees no longer have to work 9 to 5. In quite a lot of jobs, place and time of work are no longer important and work can be carried out on a flexible basis. This has even led to an official term in the Netherlands called het nieuwe werken, which is translated as the new way of working. In order to facilitate the new way of working, the Flexible Working Act has been introduced, and it's to be expected that in the future more laws will have to be changed due to these developments. That's fascinating. I, I'm so glad that you translated it for us, because I don't think I could possibly repeat it for purposes of our podcast, but the, the new way of working, and I, I think indeed with automation we will see that that will greatly impact some of the flexibility that uh, you're attempting to add uh, into workplaces in the Netherlands. 
if I may, I want to turn our attention to hiring itself. Uh, what about the use of artificial intelligence in the hiring process? Uh, where are you seeing impacts in the recruiting process? Artificial intelligence already plays an important role in the recruitment process, also in uh, the Netherlands. And while HR analytics in the Netherlands is still in its infancy, you see that artificial intelligence is being used in the recruitment process already. Let me give you an example. Unilever, which has its roots in the Netherlands, is a multinational that manufactures and distributes a wide variety of consumer goods, such as domestic cleaning products and food and beverages. Unilever has been using artificial intelligence in its recruitment process in the past years. It has created an online recruitment platform that applicants can access from their home by using a computer or even a smartphone. The first rounds of their application process, the applicants are requested to play games that test their logic, reasoning and appetite for risks. The algorithm consequently assesses the applicant's suitability for the job by matching the applicant's profile against previously successful employees. In the following phase of the recruitment process, videos of the applicants are being analyzed by computers, also taking into account the applicant's body language. And I believe it's only in the fourth or the fifth round that uh, real humans uh, are involved in the, uh, in the recruitment process. So artificial intelligence is doing the first check. And Unilever has achieved great results with using artificial intelligence in the recruitment process. I'm so pleased that you used the Unilever example because it is one that I often use in presentations that I give. What they have reported, and, and as you said, they've seen great success using a combination of technologies, including artificial intelligence in, in recruitment. And they say they have not only the most diverse workforce that they've had ever, but also the strongest. Why do you think they have seen such benefits from use of these tools? And would you encourage other employers to try and pilot test these types of tools? That's a good question. And certainly for big companies, it can be a practical uh, way of saving time. Because for every position, Unilever gets hundreds, maybe thousands of uh, applications. And if you need to have a, a team of people going through all these uh, resumes, uh, that is it's taking a lot of time and money. Uh, whereas uh, if you do it by using a tool uh, that can be uh, easily accessed uh, by the applicants, by their home computer or even by their iPhone or their, their smartphone, you, you can eliminate all those costs and it can be very effective. And if you compare that even with the, the other benefits of artificial intelligence, uh, using the algorithms and uh, getting a, a wider variety, a diversity, I think it's, it, it's really a, uh, an example that has to be followed by other, uh, other employers. I agree with you. And another thing you remind me of is a tool called Fetch. And it is one of the offerings by Hired Score. And there's this woman, the founder, who I very much respect, named Athena Karp. And what this does is it actually does what humans really couldn't do or wouldn't have the time to do. And many applicants are rejected, not because they're not good candidates, but because the skill sets that they have don't match up with the positions that are available, or at least not to the satisfaction of, of the recruiter or the decision maker 
at, at a higher time. And so oftentimes you'll say, well, listen, if anything opens up, we'll get back to you. But how often do you see the, the managers or the, the talent recruiters going back and looking through the thousands, sometimes millions of past resumes? It just doesn't happen. And, and using that tool, you can actually go back and just automate that practice and look at the skills that are needed for the positions that have come open to see if there isn't something in the past data set of applicants that is a good match. And you can imagine how amazed employees are when they do get that call, saying, oh, well, we have an opening and we now think that it matches, because you never expect that you're going to get that. So it, it is a way, certainly, to enhance what recruiters can do in the process and also go back and save a lot of time and energy by matching up skill sets of past candidates as well. Yeah, because it's really, like you just told about Fetch, this is a really good thing because uh, you can not only uh, look at positions that are also available, uh, but you could also, uh, if you, you see the characteristics of a certain uh, applicant, you can also see whether or not this person has aspects that are, are still uh, lacking within the organization. So you can have a, a much better talent mix uh, within the organization. Uh, one of the aspects that you have to, have to bear in mind, though, is that uh, the GDPR, here we come again with privacy, uh, limits the possibility to keep uh, applicants' data for a certain amount of time. And it's just one month after the, the end of an application process. So you would need to have the applicant's approval to keep it longer, to store it longer than that one month. So, and typically, if you get that approval, it's, it's one, one year. Uh, but I don't think that many applicants will have problems uh, giving that, uh, that permission uh, if they are really looking for a job and if they're wanting to join a company. Well, that's very important for employers in the U.S. to understand if they're doing business in the EU that uh, if you want to take advantage of a tool like Fetch, then you've got to get the consent. And at least it's something, even if it's just a year, uh, it is a real opportunity, I think, to go back and look at who's come through your door, through your applicant process, and see if you can't uh, make a perfect match. Exactly. You can create and manage your talent pool. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about algorithmic bias, because I think many would agree that that's one of the biggest impediments to adoption of these types of tools in hiring. And so when we talk about algorithmic bias and possible claims of discrimination, what can you tell us from Dutch and EU perspective? Mm -hmm. Although the use of artificial intelligence in the recruitment process can achieve great results, but there are also potential downsides. And in the news, we heard about an AI tool to eliminate bias in the recruitment process. Much to the credit, when they learned that the algorithm showed bias against women, they immediately took action. The tool was trained to vet applicants by looking at certain patterns in the resumes sent in the preceding 10 years. But as the tech world used to be a male-dominated industry, the majority of those resumes were from males, and hence the tool preferred men, and thus there were unintended consequences of their good intentions. While one of the biggest advantages of AI in the recruitment process is considered to be an increased objectivity, they say, with enough data, the numbers speak for themselves, 
numbers can also include discriminatory aspects. Algorithms can not only include historical data which can lead to discrimination, as was the case with this recruitment tool, but it can also include the bias of the programmers or their clients. In case that the AI tools are based on subjective algorithms, this can easily lead to direct or indirect discrimination. And this can result in discrimination claims by employees or rejected applicants. Based on the Dutch Equal Treatment Act, the burden of proof shifts to the company in case that the victimized party makes plausible that there is a suspicion of discrimination. It follows from EU case law that non-transparency, which is often the case with AI tools, increases the chances to such shift of the burden of proof. And apart from the costs and legal risk involved in these claims, this is also likely to result in bad press for the company using the AI tools. I think that employers will therefore need to ensure that their AI tools will not be discriminatory. Yes, and you gave a perfect example in my opinion because it just goes to show that you have to be careful about the data that's being input and uh, recognize that historical data can already be infused with some bias, but all the more reason to just keep human eyes on the process. And when we see uh, results, outputs that don't uh, mesh with what were our intentions, then we retrain the data. Sometimes that involves infusing the data that we're using, training it with inclusion of a more diverse set. And so data sets can be trained to learn and give us better outputs. So excellent examples. You know, and that kind of leads us to another concern I think that many employers have when we talk about some of these technologies, and that has to do with protecting privacy rights and potential violation of privacy laws. Well, what can you tell us about privacy in Europe uh, when it comes to use of artificial intelligence? Yeah, that's a good question because privacy is another important aspect of the use of artificial intelligence in the recruitment process. And according to the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, a data subject has the right of access and this plays a central role, this right, in the GDPR and for two reasons. Not only does the right of access allow the data subject to exercise further rights, think of rectification and erasure rights, but also because an omitted or incomplete disclosure may lead to fines under the GDPR. With regard to artificial intelligence, the right to access gives the employee or the rejected applicant the possibility to obtain relevant information to assess whether or not the algorithm used lead to discrimination. And in case that the algorithms are non-transparent, the burden of proof will easily shift, bringing the employer in a difficult position. The employer will then have to prove that he did not discriminate, which will be very difficult, certainly in case of a black box. A black box happens when it is not possible to deduct why an algorithm has led to a certain conclusion. Furthermore, the GDPR has increased the obligations of the data processor, the employer, when processing data, while on the other hand, data subjects, which is the employee or the applicant, has been granted more rights. Compared to the previous EU privacy legislation, data is more easily considered personal data under the GDPR, and therefore the processing of said data quickly falls under the scope of the GDPR. The employer will need to ascertain that its artificial intelligence tools do not conflict with the privacy rights of the employees and applicants under the GDPR. So. This is a debate that 
I often have with others, and it is around black box. And it's, it is a, a concern because if you cannot show what the inputs were, you can't defend the outputs and suggest that there was not some bias baked in. And there is quite a movement, um, not only around AI and ethics, but I think a big part of that movement includes this discussion of the need for transparency and all the more reason for employers using these tools to really not only take steps to ensure that they're complying with the privacy rights, but also really taking uh, measures to log the actions that they're taking and why they're taking the actions and, and for those who are developing the tools to make sure we don't find ourselves in a black box situation. Mm -hmm. I, I believe personally that we don't have to have black boxes, that there can be that transparency in sort of showing uh, how we got from A to C really, right, after the inputs. Have you, have you seen many uh, legal challenges in that respect thus far? I know you said this is something that sort of is in its infancy, mm -hmm. uh, at least in Holland. Yeah, that is what I, what I just mentioned, the fact that the GDPR gives the employees the possibility to, uh, to know which data is being processed by the employer. Uh, you need to, uh, to comply with that, and the GDPR has very big penalties. Uh, so uh, you need to be sure when using artificial intelligence that no black boxes occur. So I think that there needs to be a lot of focus on the AI and preventing black boxes from happening because only if you do so, you can guarantee the transparency. And if it's transparent, it's easy for the employer to prove uh, which data is being used of the, uh, of the applicant or the employee, and also to explain why you did what you did. And if you're transparent, you can be less concerned about the shift of the burden of proof. Uh, and that does not occur. And that brings you from a legal standpoint in a better position than when the, uh, the shift of the burden of proof happens. Perfect. So I'm going to sort of open this up to a, a broader question as we come to the conclusion of our podcast. And I want to ask, uh, what do you generally see as the greatest opportunity with this technology? And what should we look forward to? Or, you know, what gives you the most hope for the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, I think uh, EU and the Netherlands are still light years behind the US uh, with regard to artificial intelligence in the, in the workplace and also in the recruitment process. Um, but I think you have to be realistic. And I think that artificial intelligence is here to stay. And in the future, its role will uh, only increase. And I think it's good because uh, artificial intelligence can really help the, uh, the employers and companies in being more effective, uh, making sure that, uh, like the example that we touched on from Unilever, uh, have a better recruitment process uh, with diversity, etc. So I think we should focus on the good aspects but still keeping a close eye on the uh, possible pitfalls and uh, making sure you design the processes very well and, uh, and keeping an eye on the, on the pitfalls and the possible downsides. But in the end, the positives outweigh the negatives, I think. I agree with you. 
Well, I thank you so much for being part of this podcast. It has, of course, been a great pleasure. And for anyone who is looking to learn more about our robotics and AI practice group, please go to www.littler.com and find our robotics and AI practice page. Thank you. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.